Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, hey, guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, have you seen those annoying adverts on TV? You'll have seen them for things like cell phone contracts. You'll have seen them for things like banks, where they give up the new customers everything under the sun. But as loyal returning customers, we get absolutely nothing. And that is such a big deal these days. People are taking notice of customer retention. But do you know what? Guys like us are terrible at it. I am notoriously bad at it when it comes to the agency. How do you actually create a solid pipeline of new work whilst looking out for your quality, loyal customers? And that is the issue that we're going to challenge today. And it gives me real pleasure to welcome someone to the show who's a real expert in this, a thought leader in this particular side of business, and also someone who is a marketing expert and the author of the Amazon number one best-selling book, Evergreen, Cultivate the enduring customer loyalty that keeps your business thriving. Welcome to the show, Mr. Noah Fleming. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. And you know, you're probably not as bad at it, bad at it as you said you were. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, in fact, we'll open with that one in a second then. But before we do, let's just put, uh, let's put this into some context. So how do you help people know? What do you do? Where did you come from? What's your background, sir? Well, I'm a strategic marketing expert. And so basically, I help my clients uh, really do what we're talking about, cultivate enduring customer loyalty. So uh, I made a comment that said, you're probably not as bad as it as you think. Let me give you uh, some context of that. I think some of the worst... Actually, there's a, there's a phrase that you've heard. When people talk about the returning client, you've probably heard this before, that it's five times less expensive to keep the existing customer than it is to get a new one or some variation of that. You've heard that before? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Right. So my feeling about that is it's the worst business advice in the world. It's the worst business advice that anyone has ever given us. And the reason I say that is because none of those people that share that information ever tell us how do we actually do that? How do we actually make that existing customer then five times more valuable? How do we increase revenue from that existing customer by five, 10, 15, 25 times? And so that's what I set out to do in my business. I help uh, my clients take their existing base and truly maximize the value of every customer interaction. So whether it's a, a new customer, an existing customer, or a prospect, how do we ensure that we're going to get them and keep them for life and really maximize uh, the revenue that we what we extract from them? It's a really interesting position that we find ourselves in because people do focus so much on finding new customers. So I'm going to go straight at that question, actually. Why am I and why are we better at this than we think already? Because that's a really intriguing statement that you made there. Well, somebody like you who's recorded uh, over a hundred podcasts and you've you've got this great uh, thing going here, you've built this strong community. And what I talk about in Evergreen is there are three tenants, really three core concepts that great Evergreen companies do really well. And I call them the three C's. And the second one is the concept of community. And what we're finding is that 
the best companies, the best organizations, they're building a sense of community. And so your podcast is a great example example of that. You've delivered value to your customers, your clients, your fans, your subscribers over a hundred times now. And think about the hours and the time and the effort you put into this. And there's a lot of people that aren't doing this. And so you might look at this and say, well, this isn't really a retention thing. This isn't really a loyalty thing. It absolutely is. This is building your community. And what we find is that the, the best companies that really maximize customer value, that really build that evergreen sense of customer loyalty, are the ones that are focused on this stuff long before the person ever becomes a customer. So let me just give you one more little thing on that. You mentioned banks. You mentioned uh telecom companies, your wireless, your cell phone providers, most of these companies, I say most because there are some better ones, but you're right, they're absolutely terrible at this. And they don't really care because they can drive people through the doors, they can drive them in, they can get what they need. And if you take off, you know what, they've already made their money, so they don't really care. That's really the reality of it. But for the rest of us, we have a great opportunity here to take a lead uh, to this place of happily ever after, to becoming somebody that wants to be part of your story, your business, your organization, uh, much longer, much further than just that first transaction. And one thing that struck me with that is the examples that you gave there, and obviously I mentioned right at the beginning of, uh, of the episode, I guess they're kind of bigger brands. You know, if you associate a cell phone company, a mobile telecommunications company and a bank, they do feel like bigger brands. And I'm just wondering though, is there something in this for us small business people? You know, can we do this? It doesn't have to be too expensive, does it? No, this this is the bread and butter for small businesses, for entrepreneurs, solo professionals. This is where the money is made because if you think about what we do uh, as small businesses, and I say we because I am a small business while I run a successful consultancy and uh, I've coached and mentored over a thousand entrepreneurs and business owners, this is what I do. I'm a small business. And so anytime that I attract a prospect uh, or I convert a potential prospect to a sale, and I've actually acquired them, right? The concept of customer acquisition, uh, I should be doing whatever it takes to keep that person for the long term. So you asked me about my background. My background started on the web where I was building online communities. And the moment that somebody said, I'm going to open my wallet and pay you a monthly fee to uh, get whatever value you give to me, I never wanted that to end. And so that's how I started focusing on retention and loyalty. I never wanted that that money, the, that uh, monthly recurring income to stop. If somebody said, here, Noah, I'm opening up my wallet and here's some money for you. I want that person to continue opening up that wallet. And in return, I want to continue delighting them, continually giving them uh, obsessive, over-the-top value on an ongoing basis. And that's the opportunity for us because we spend so much of our time trying to get the customer, trying to attract the customer. It's expensive that we're foolish not to be focusing on once we've got them, how do we keep them? One thing that I want to just dig into now then is some of the things that we may do wrong. Because I'm really conscious that no one really teaches us this unless we actively seek it or we actually understand that we have an issue with this. So what what do most small businesses do wrong in this kind of game? 
Well, what they do wrong is is something again that you said earlier is we we spend the time creating a marketing campaign. We put our effort into things that we can do to attract the customer, and then we think that once we've closed the sale, we've done our job. And really, that's just the start of the the relationship. That's just the start of the opportunity here. But what happens is just like the banks, just like the telecom, just like the big brands, they move on to the next thing because once we've had a little bit of that taste of you know blood in the water. We've got a little income in the bank account. We think, gee, I'd really like to get a little bit more of that, right? And of course, we need new customers to grow. That, that's why I'm saying that advice earlier is some of the worst business advice that we've ever heard because they don't also tell us that not only do we need to maximize the value of the, that existing base, we do need new customers. I'd be foolish to ever say we don't. That's how a business thrives. But again, big mistake is thinking that if you just continually drive them in, then you don't need to do anything on the back end. And so you've heard the metaphor probably of the leaky bucket. And the metaphor of the leaky bucket is a classic business analogy that says every business is full of these holes. And what happens is water is dripping out of the bucket and we're losing water. And instead of trying to fix the holes, we just think we can add more water. And what happens is another hole pops up, another hole pops up, another hole pops up. And soon we're just in this constant battle trying to fill the bucket with more new customers. And that's how we get trapped in this sort of acquisition addiction is what I call it. You know, we're just so focused on how do we drive them in instead of how do we fix where we're losing them? So I give examples in the book of, of, you know, silly examples where businesses were losing customers because people couldn't retrieve their passwords on a website, but nobody ever thought to ask them, why are you canceling? Why are you leaving us? Why aren't you continuing to do business with us. And instead, they just thought, well, we need more traffic. We need more SEO. We need more people coming into the funnel, right? And the answer was right in front of them. Just plug that hole and then look for the next hole. That leads me to a really interesting point, actually. And you mentioned around the communication. No one asked them why they were leaving as customers, which seems really, really obvious. And in your experience, Noah, is this something that we all struggle with as small business people? Do we actually struggle with that communication? Is there some, I wouldn't say an ingrained issue, but is it just something that we overlook? Do we just forget to do this? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that we're, uh, we're not doing enough of it. So I think enough. most of us aren't sending enough information to our customers. We're not in touch enough. We're not building those relationships enough. Uh, so small businesses, medium-sized companies, they should be reaching out regularly. Uh, I even t- teach and coach my CEO clients that they should be reaching out. They should be picking up the phone. They should be sending a handwritten letter. They should be sending a personalized email. All these things that we need to be doing. Uh, we need to be sending monthly newsletters. We need to be sending valuable material. These are all things that just add in. And of course, as we were just talking about, we need to be surveying our customers and asking them what's going on. More importantly, if you start to see an issue like customers canceling, um, you know, you have to try and be aware and recognize those things because so much money is lost this way. So if you think of schools of fish in a river, I don't know if I'm a fly fisherman. I don't know if you've ever done any fly fishing, Mark. Um, But what happens is sometimes you see the schools of minnows swimming down the river schools of fish and if you scare one fish and it quickly turns all the other fish turn have you ever seen this i have not seen that i'm a terrible fisherman terrible (laughs) fisherman i don't have the patience for it sir 
<laughs> well, so the, so the, they'll all turn in unison. And so what happens is cu- customers actually show us these sort of things. So when we see uh, one customer leave because, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they cancel. And then two days later, we see another customer that's decided to take his business el- elsewhere. And then another customer leaves us. This is where we've got to step in and say, is there something going on here that I'm missing? Is there something happening? And there's nothing wrong with reaching out. You know, sometimes we lose customers uh, because they've just forgotten to do business with us when they should be doing business with us again. Uh, They've fallen out of habit because we haven't been in touch and somebody else has been in touch. They've, uh, They've had life things pop up. Right. One of the things I tell my clients and especially in the world of marketing is too many of us sit around and believe that all our prospects and all our potential customers spend their entire waking days thinking about how they're going to do business with us. And, you know, it's 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 really and I make that same mistake, but that's not what's happening. They think about us when we're top of mind, when they see something from us, when they get some value from us. And so that's the key is to be in touch constantly and to continually be building those relationships and continually add value. And the word value is a really interesting word in this context. I always find it very interesting um, when you consider what people actually do value. So let's just dig into that, actually. Sure. When it comes to value, there are a lot of us out there as small business owners wondering, actually, what does that mean for me? You know, if I'm a one-man, two-man business, right up to perhaps a 30, 40-person business, what does value tend to look like? Is it monetary? Is it something else? And what, what's the kind of mix that you can achieve with this word value? Well, I think I think that's a good point for us to dig into sort of the the core concepts in Evergreen, and I'll just explain those relatively quickly because I know we don't have all day here. But I mentioned earlier when we started to look, and I say we, I mean me and uh, just others that I work with, but primarily me. I'm the author of this book, and this is my core work. When I started to really look at what was going on with some of the best organizations out there, some of my own clients, and some of my own work, we wanted to see was there any common patterns, any things that we could find that these people were doing differently in terms of that word value, in terms of what they were doing in, in their marketing and their sales processes. And what we found were these three C's, which I mentioned. Now, the, the second one was community. The best companies, they're building this sense of community and they're doing that through things, uh, sometimes as simple as a newsletter. Sometimes the concept of community is with what you're doing, delivering this great value through these podcasts. You're bringing informational, educational material to your prospective clients, your current clients, and you're delivering them to this to them regularly. But the first C is character. And character is a concept that we use to describe who it is that your brand is really portraying. What is the story that you're telling? What is the interesting and fascinating thing about your company that people want to be attached to? And then the third C is content. And content, we all use that in the web world. We use that as a term to describe the things we give, like your podcast, your newsletters. But I use that to describe the shorthand for the thing you give in exchange for money. So let me break this down. Most of us believe that our content is the single most important thing we do. The thing we give in exchange for money is the most important thing we do. So restaurants, for example, believe that the food, their content is the most important thing. But what we know is that a great restaurant, the ones that have truly loyal customers, the content is really secondary to a number of other things like the service, the experience, the ambiance, um, 
the the way that the the content is delivered to the table all these things tie in and make it a much more valuable and interesting experience so the content really becomes the bottom of this the thing you give is less important than your character the connection you create with your customers the story you tell them so as entrepreneurs and solar professionals people like you people like me we have this great opportunity to really bond our character becomes us personally and we have this opportunity to bond with our customers bomb with our prospective customers on a level that these big brands, the big companies that can't even come close to doing, but they've done it. Companies like Apple with Steve Jobs, companies like Zappos with Tony Shea, these characters, these CEOs, they become an important part of the overall brand experience. Jeff Bezos from Amazon. There's so many examples of this. I think you make some great points there, and especially around the, the bigger brands that have done this so, so well. I mean, fantastic examples as well in Amazon and, and so on. I think so many people forget that it's all right to have a face. You know, we're so sometimes so bogged down in what we believe marketing should be that we forget that it's just people talking to people. So I really, really like that point. And I just want to turn that on its head actually a little bit, Nora, and just talk about, I guess, the day-to-day side of this. So, you know, the way that we can actually start to implement this. And the one thing that strikes me as a small business owner is how can we, how can we, or if we can at all, how can we systemize this? Can we do anything to make sure that this becomes part of our daily routine, either using technology or, you know, I guess, hand-driven systems? What can we do to start to integrate this into our business? Well, so I walk you through some of that in the book. And what you want to do as a solo professional or as a small business owner, you really want to get clear on your character. And so, again, you have to read and learn a little bit more about how I'm using this term. But I'm I'm talking about creating something that is interesting, unique, uh, fascinating. People want to learn more about. So let me give an example from my business. Uh, I send a weekly newsletter to my prospective clients, to my current clients, and I call it my Tuesday tidbit. I get about, I've got about 20,000 people that get this every week. Um, it's educational. It's written in story format. Um, I tell a story. I'm not trying to sell anything. So we go back to the concept of value. There's usually a call to action at the end, but this is just a simple format for providing uh, weekly ongoing content, ongoing engaging material to your customers on a regular basis. Uh, if I'm a, if I'm creating a small business and I've got a website, I want to start thinking about my About Us page. Uh, I want to start thinking about the content on my website, that how it tells the story of how my clients get better. So too many of us think about, again, the content. What is it we provide? Uh, you know, we say things like, uh, we provide our clients with uh, great technology systems to improve their workflow. What we really need to be telling our customers is, is the emotional side of things and how the customer is better off once they've done business with us. So look at all your material, all your content on your website and start to think about how is my customer better off once they use this? What is the value, the outcome the thing that they get once they've done business with me. So that's sort of an actionable thing that they can you can start doing right away is looking at your content and thinking, how can I switch this to be more focused towards a client outcome? Does that answer your question, Mark? Absolutely. And it, it leads me to a point where I believe people struggle. I, I certainly struggle with this in the past, and that is knowledge that we have in our heads that we all take for granted. And this is just something that I want to add for people. You know, if you're in the gym, if you're listening, I don't know, in the car, maybe stuck in a little bit of traffic, you know, really get the brain cells working. 
there's something, Noah, in taking what we take for granted in our head. So the knowledge that we have in our industry that we just assume that people know and creating content and value around that and giving it to them like you're doing with your list. Is that something that small business owners, guys like us can actually harness quite quickly? Can we take what we've already got in our minds, repurpose it, package it, turn it into value and actually ship it to people? Is that, is that a relatively easy thing to do? Sure. Uh, it's, and it's a good thing to, and a good way to do that is to talk to your current customers. And, and sometimes it's good to have an outside party do this. So I do this for some of my larger clients where I actually go and I interview their customers. And I don't say, how was Bob's uh, service delivering your products or when he came to take your orders or check on your inventory and see if things were okay. I want to get down to the emotional root of how is, how is company X helping company Y and what is the emotional tangible outcomes that they're receiving from that. So we can do that as small business owners by talking to our customers. We can call our prospects and ask them what they would like to hear from us. We can do these things and and we don't do enough of it and we can be doing it. And this stuff does offer additional value. It does help increase customer loyalty. It does help people bond that relationship when they start to think, wow, Mark actually really cares about me. He really cares about delivering great value to me. And so he's asking me what would be a value uh, for him to deliver to me. And so this is a great way to to create your content. It's it's quite hard for us to just go out there and take what's in our head and say, you know, this is what my audience wants. It's much more valuable to go to your audience and say, what would you like? And give that to them. That is so powerful for a business as well. If you imagine being in the position where your customers tell you what they want, that is that is unparalleled in terms of its power, surely because you're actually just creating what they've asked for. It's, it's unbelievable when you when actually consider the effect that that could have. I think that's fantastic. And no, I'd just like to, to dig into now the actionable tips that you've put together for the listeners, because having looked over these, I know that they actually warrant some discussion. So I'd like to just dig into this a little earlier. So if people are wanting to get started with, I guess, more proactive customer retention, less chasing the tails and less chasing around the new customers and actually focusing on building the relationships with current customers. Let's dive into the first actionable tip to help people start on that path. Sure. So I gave you some actionable tips. And as we've talked here, we've talked about a few of these things. So they might actually change a little bit. But um, the, the first thing you really want to do is, again, you want to understand your character and you want to create marketing that speaks from that character. And so, again, throughout the book, I walk people through a number of different steps to do this. There's a five-step process uh, where you develop things like and, – and many marketers, many of your listeners, I'm sure, have heard very various variations of these things before. But I walk you through steps to actually how to implement them. So how to actually build your story, to create a story that's interesting to your customers. How do you actually take that then and build that into your marketing material? And so that's something I walk you through in the book. Uh, we talk about things like your character's actions. You know, who are you and what do you want to be known for? What are the key points you want customers to associate you to associate with you right away? So I gave you the example of Bezos earlier. Uh, Jeff Bezos is a strong 
character for this brand. And he actually writes these letters on the homepage of Amazon, which maybe you've seen, maybe you haven't. Uh, and what he's doing there is he's really enunciating the key points that he wants customers to take away right away. Um, we should all have a set of rules that we live by, and we should have these rules built into our marketing. So I, I made a tweet yesterday that said, great marketing doesn't just attract the right customers. Great marketing repels the wrong customers. And too many of us aren't thinking about how do we create marketing that not just attracts the people we want, but it turns off the people we don't want because there's, there's just, there, you want to influence your ideal customers. You don't want to spend time trying to persuade or influence somebody that has no interest in doing business with you or their ideals or their values don't connect with yours. And so again, these are all things I walk you through in the book to how to actually build these into your marketing. But as a small business owner, as a solo professional, I can't stress something as simple enough as the simple single monthly, weekly uh, email newsletter, something of value that really perpetuates who you are in a fascinating, interesting, story-driven narrative. I think that's super powerful. The power of story, I completely agree with. And just to extend upon that, just a touch, Noah, so many people in small business, me included in the past, have just sent out a really inwardly directed newsletter. What I'm saying is, we don't want to know about your new contract wins necessarily. We don't want to know about how well you're doing. And is that what you're trying to say there, Noah? You know, create a story that's of value. Don't just look inward and just give out the good news. You need to create something that matters to people. That's that's on the right track, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the good look. The good news is is interesting to cl- to include as a side note. But the but the harsh reality is is that our customers and our prospects, uh, you know, they don't really care. They want to know something interesting. They want to know something unique. So if there was a great funny story or a, or a fascinating story with a powerful lesson that led you to that contract win. Right, that's a valuable way to phrase it. That's a valuable way to take that and turn it around and show your clients, you know, you can do this too if you follow the same steps that took me to this win X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm just sort of flipping around what you're saying there and saying you can use that material, uh, but let's turn let's turn it around and let's make it fascinating, unique, uh, interesting, and powerful. Right? We want our customers to if. Let me try and phrase this another way. I send my monthly or my weekly email every Tuesday. If at two o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday, I haven't sent that email, I want my prospects and my current customers to be banging down my door saying, where's the Tuesday uh, tidbit? And that's sort of the, the key component that I'm looking for in that content. I want to create that sort of desire, that sort of interest, that sort of um that sort of they just want that so bad that if Tuesday it hasn't arrived by six fifteen in the morning and it's two in the afternoon, I want them emailing me, calling me, and so that's something to think about. If you didn't send something on X date, would your customers come crawling to you? Would they come uh, asking you where is it? I need to hear it, Mark. Where's the next podcast? That's the sort of connection we want. That's a really really great point. I love that. That's fantastic. And the second actionable tip, sir. What have you got for us? 
Well, I talked about building your community. We've talked about this a lot, but start to think about your community and what you can do to bring people together. So again, what builds a sense of community? There's a number of things. We can have actual communities like web forums. We can have uh, Facebook pages. We can have podcasts where we deliver content to them. We can have uh, blogs that are open to commentary where we invite people to get involved. These are all things that create a sense of community. Uh, your newsletter, again, can be a tool that can harness the power of community to show what other customers are doing, what other customer success stories have you had, um, what customers can you highlight, what kind of social proof can you bring into that. So you want to start thinking about how we can build and foster a sense of community with our customers. Uh, and you can do this in so many different ways. It's just a matter of opening up the doors and saying, come on in, talk to me. I'm here. Uh, I want to engage with you and allowing your customers to engage with each other. And so in the book, I talk about the difference between tribes and community, and I'll just touch on this briefly. Seth Godin is a uh, friend of mine, and he writes about the concept of tribes, and I write about the concept of community. And I think somewhere along the line, I believe I said that I think he was saying the wrong thing, uh, because tribes are exclusionary. Tribes are closed to others. We need to be communities. We need to be open and engaging to others coming in and give them the opportunity to embrace what it is we do. And if they don't want it. Again, I talked about marketing that repels. That's fine. But we need to be open and willing to have others come in. Um, and you can use aspects of both of those. So tribes have uh, shared language and lingo that they use. Think Starbucks. Think uh, you know your mochaccino, latte, grande. All these things are the different language. CrossFit, the, uh, the great um, fitness. I don't know if, sure if you've heard of CrossFit, but they have very specific language like wads, and, which means workout of the day. All these things are shared language between the tribes. So if, you're, if your customers are already using specific language, start to use that in your marketing. Start to use that in the material that you send out to them. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point as well. Creating, cultivating a culture, if you like. Cultivating a culture, that sounds awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> I, like, I like that. Cultivating a culture. That can go in the next book, so you can have that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And let's dig into the third and final actionable tip, sir. Sure. So the third tip is very simple. It's maximize the value of every customer. So go back in your customer files and look, who hasn't done business with you in six months? And ask yourself why. What happened? Reach out to them. Send that handwritten letter. Uh, reach out by phone. You know, you can do this over 5, 10, 15 minutes a day. You pick, you pick three to five little actions and just do them. I call this... Uh, when I present to different groups, CEOs, I have a little wheel that I call the pick three wheel. And basically, I'm telling them pick three of these simple tasks every day and just do them. And they'll take, again, no more than five to 15 minutes, uh, but they'll have a massive impact. So call three customers, call three new customers, call three lost customers, send an email to three customers, ask three customers for testimonials, uh, ask three customers for referrals. You just start to do these things. They start to compound. It's just like compound interest. You take these little tasks every day, just do three of them, and they'll start to build up and they'll start to snowball and they'll start to gain momentum. Um, and you'll start to you'll start to see the results of that. So just pick three things every day and move that needle forward a little bit, and you're going to maximize the value of your customers. Um, I can give you a number, just so many examples of ways you can do this, and you can add anything to after pick three. Uh, pick three new products and services and 
email out to your clients and show them. Pick three uh, customers that haven't bought one product, but they've bought another complementary product and show them how they might be interested in this product or service. And so that's just simple tasks that I follow through on a regular basis, simple things that I help my clients do. Um, and these are the things that, again, they just build and build and build. And, you know, three, four, five months down the road, all of a sudden, all these things that you've done are starting to have this massive impact. And it becomes this snowball effect that you can't stop the revenue that you're generating. You can't stop the referrals that are coming in. And this is where you want to get. You want to get to where you're doing these things regularly, daily, uh, consistently. That brings to mind a fantastic quote from a friend of mine, Jay Allen, who has been on the show. And his favorite quote is, success is consistency. So simple, but I completely believe that. It's just the little things, isn't it, as you say, that compound and just make the big things happen. That's it. Love that. It's fantastic. Noah, that has been such a good episode. Absolutely packed full of value, which is what it's all about. And just before we wrap up, can you just tell people where they can, first of all, connect with you online, but also where can they pick up a copy of the book, sir? Well, thanks for that. So they can connect with me on my website, which is noahfleming.com. There they can subscribe to that uh, weekly tidbit that I talked about. They can connect with me on Twitter, which is at Noah Fleming, uh, Facebook, pretty much anywhere you can find everybody. I'll be there. Um, You can buy the book at Amazon. There's an audiobook version from Audible. Uh, Again, anywhere you like to buy books, you should be able to pick up a copy of Evergreen. That is superb. Highly recommend it, guys. And don't forget, we'll put everything inside the show notes so you don't have to go too far to find links to everything that Noah has just mentioned. Noah, once again, sir, thanks so much for that. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. And thanks to you guys out there for listening. I hope that, uh, I guess, I hope that that made a drive to work a little easier or a workout in the gym a little easier for you. That's what we're here for, guys. And until next time, don't forget, you can head over to excellence-expected to pick up your free copy of the essential 14-day guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact. Till next time, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye.